Hello, I'm here with Daniela Greenwood. And I'm here with my good friend, Murray Boise Barman. And how, how are, are you Mom? today? Oh, you first. Okay, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, actually I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. And I am going to change all my self-perceptions about as I, uh, how I'm aging as I get older after Ooh. listening to Dr. Natasha. Uh, now, you know how I get words wrong, Daniela? I get people saying... No, names I don't. Gina, Ginevan. Ginevan? Let's just say Natasha. Natasha! Um, who cares about self-perception, Daniela? Seriously. I think we all care. Why is it important? Because it's how we move around in the world and see ourselves in it. I was thinking about something you often say, and it is words make worlds. And I was really thinking how this applied to this um, this podcast with uh, yeah. with Ash and uh, and Natasha. And I I um I think this really shapes how I listen to concepts now. So thank you for putting that in my head. Um, yeah. And there's a lot to unpack from this suitcase on this one. But I, yeah, I really, yeah. there's a couple of things she said that really hit the nerve with me. But one of them I really loved was when she said that she didn't mean the false positivity, that all yeah. old people are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but we, but she went on to say that we do overstate the negative aspects of ageing. Yeah. And I really liked the balance that she put into that statement. Did that resonate with you? Yeah, I really learnt from that. Um, you can say that one side of it that I sometimes do but not the other side. So I learnt from that around, um, yeah, it's about overstating the negative, I think. But it's also about what is negative. Oh, hello. <laughs> Tell me about that. Oh, no, it's just that cult of perfection, sort of what are we judging yeah. negative by because I'm not in my 30s and running fast and thinking quick. I think it's got to do with that too, but I loved that balance as well, Moz. I, I, um, when I listened, I, I made a note of that because it was so... Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 so we've we've often talked about how detrimental ageism and attitudes can be towards getting older, and and uh, she talked about um, because there's a lot too on on LinkedIn. As you know, I'm a little LinkedIn bunny. There's a lot about <laughs> mentorship, you know, um, out there, and a lot of people writing about as we as we get older. And I, I, she talked about people hitting their their fifties. Who are really starting to hit their stride in their expertise, and and I do I do feel that a yeah. lot the mentor, the whole idea of mentorship has really yeah. you know really vanished. You know we don't oh, seem yeah. to you know grab our older mentors and and learn from them. I don't know. What do you? I couldn't agree more. When I was listening to that, I was just thinking about colleagues, really personal experience of colleagues mm. who were starting to talk about retiring, um, like at 60 and going, oh, well, I've, you know, start to think about retirement. And I've like, I'm, I do think in my head, you, you know, you've, you've probably got 30 or 40 years left, you know, what, first of all, what are you going to do? And next of all, there's, say it's in a, in a company, I'm thinking, gosh, there goes all the corporate knowledge. You know, there goes the door I yeah. knock on to say, oh, can you can you tell me about this? Have we already done this or do you know about this? And that's not even – like I loved the idea that they could just be sitting in their lounge room in the, in the country or decide to go live in Greece or whatever it is and be in a room and, and they just get some kind of an email saying, can we call a meeting? And, um, mm. and then just 
just to be part of a meeting as they always would have been. And I think we're so used to that with COVID that it wouldn't be unusual. That's one thing that COVID has done, yeah. actually, is Zoom yeah, I uh, as we're doing right now. You know, we do accept yeah. And people can be themselves, but we. But I digress one, as usual. Yeah, I loved that idea. I'm glad you picked up on that too. But the possibilities with it, they aren't so far-fetched now because of COVID, you know. People are working from mm. home. It's fantastic for people with um, disabilities of any age. Tell me what you thought about, um, you know, she said we've just got to do away with those three stages of life. You know? Oh, what were they? Youth, middle age. It was just, you know, youth, middle age, middle retirement. age retirement. Yeah. You know, working age, retirement. What do you, I mean, that's been kind of the, the model for all of our thinking because because people did used to people did used to die not that you know not very long after retiring yeah. so I, I don't know what do you think about the the utility of that kind of a three phase model when people are living thirty years like you know just my friend Alfred who's still going to church and stuff living on his own hundred and one he's been retired since his sixties that's is in this category of this kind of middle ground of retirement for 40 years. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, you know, like as I age, I I was thinking about how people retire and I don't, I don't know if I could switch off, <laughs> you know, and I don't, I think I've got something to offer so I don't really want to pack up and, mosey off and I've got I've got a couple of mentors that I talk to you know that are are significantly older than me and they're certainly past the age of retirement that are still ticking over doing little projects you know they're sort of retired project-based people and I think about a very good friend of mine's father who is um he mentored me through a very difficult patch I was having with a company I was working at and I sought his Mm. wisdom out and he was great and you know one of the things one of the things about really good mentors that, well, we're just on this subject, is I love mentors that just ask questions. They don't tell you anything, but they just create an environment where you, they ask you a question and it makes you go, oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's, I think, That's, yeah. I think those three stages, I had it. They need to be thrown out. Yeah, I do They too. go, out they yep. go. That model, yeah, it's, it's a long gone model. Life is not like that anymore and and uh and and as you know and I'm thinking about a few people in particular that have been trying to get work in the last few years that have struggled you know and they're in their they're like their mid 50s to 60s they've got a lot to offer yeah that's very cold that's very and, and it's not okay oh, yeah it's nonsense. You know. no it's but and I was thinking you and I are lucky because we kind of do, can do things on our own but imagine mm. that you're you know you've just turned 60 and all of a sudden you're in um you you you've got hr looking at you a bit differently and you know and maybe you don't want to retire maybe they feel like you and i or you do right now thinking well i've got still got stuff to offer but you've got that kind of company pressure around you or you know just assuming that you're going to retire how that would feel and that's what a lot of people really do experience you know that that kind of just assumption that uh, it's time for you to finish now we, I think we do have to do away with it. Here, here, Mori. Here's your watch. Why don't you? Why don't yeah, you take on. some time off and go off to the bowling club? Forty years. See ya. <laughs> Coming back to negative self perceptions conveyed by the media. How does the media 
convey these negative perceptions. Oh, there was, there was just a, an amazing thing recently where someone was on a news show and someone made a joke about, you know, about the person being old. And it's just like, it's just, um, made it one of those funny jokes, one of those greeting card type, you know, you're getting old type statements. And, and the person really kind of bristled at it. And, and rightfully so. I think that we need to respond just like anything else that used to be acceptable. Uh, you, when you watch things, Australian things, like even Paul Hogan stuff from the 70s, it, it's difficult to watch. Mm. It's so sexist and it's so um, – it's just out of control sexist and racist. It mm. really is. And it was so normalised then and the way they sexualised women and it was just – in my opinion, it's unwatchable, but it was so normalised then, culturally normalised, and that's what needs to happen around ageing. And what did you make of the VR experience that she talked about? So she was talking about sort of having some interviews with people with dementia and having staff um, view those so that they could understand the perspective of people with dementia and to use that as a tool to sort of, um, you know, call on the natural, for people to have more empathy toward the perspective and situation of people with dementia. I think that was the education piece there. I love that she was talking about, she talked about um, being able to measure the empathy level. (laughs) (laughs) You can measure empathy now. They've worked it out. (laughs) Um, I know they've got some validated tools to measure components of, I think that may be of empathy and how that presents. It's great that people are exploring that sort of thing. The only thing that came to my mind was I feel that staff do have a lot of empathy. They could definitely have more. But the um, for me, working with staff, it's making sure that that empathy doesn't translate to a kind of pity. So what kind of... Sympathy. Yeah, so, there's yeah. a big difference between empathy and sympathy. Yeah, I, I was thinking that it would be really powerful, but it wouldn't it be wonderful if the empathy could be based on um, what these people are doing to navigate the situation that they find themselves in. Yes. So. Um, we know the system is like this naturally and to get them to talk about um, these people are living in this system and somehow they're navigating it and somehow they're right now they're already doing all of these things to make sense of it, to get around it. I'd like staff to see some of that agency and and base mm. that empathy on um, a sense of injustice of the system. You know, you get that fire in your belly when you see a real wrong being done. And mm-hmm. if we could get that kind of empathy based on what people to do to resist, in, just in their day-to-day lives, to resist those kind of forces, I think staff would get a, really, really want to join with them against that. And I, I, Are you, I yeah. yeah. Are you talking about advocacy? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I, it is. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, there's a DT that said to me once, he, he was really incensed about how some of the staff were perceiving people and they, they, they just were missing the empathy piece. And he was saying, this is what we sign up for when we join aged care, irrespective of the role. He said, you're a contractor, you signed up for it. I'm an employee, I signed up for it. 
and he and I really liked that. Yeah. That he said for advocacy, that. do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, advocate, we got to advocate for these these precious souls that we are either collaborating in caring with or caring for them if if they are not able to to lead it. But we need to look to them to see what it is that we need to let. It's still a collaboration. But anyway, that was yeah. his. Yeah, his I thing really, and, and I really, really like that perspective. I think if if that was the basis of staff training, mm. to really get let them know what nursing homes are, and I use that language specifically to let them know that we've got all of these forces that tend to paternalise and do and 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 we're, it's all based on a kind of ageism. We can't fix the system yet. You're going into it. Here's some tools to to help navigate and resist yeah. that and, and, and approach that in your day-to-day practice. I mean, for me, if that isn't the basis of staff training, it I've always found it just turns around back into sympathy and, and doing for rather than doing with. I, I guess I'm wondering, and, and like I'm just going to go out here and say it, so feel free to to really interrogate what I say. No. But I'm thinking that, <laughs> I'm thinking that, the experience, if we think about the experiential model of dementia, it's an immersive experience because you're immersed in this world that doesn't kind of make sense in the way it did, so you're trying to navigate it. And VR is an immersive experience. So if we could find a way to marry the two so that people could experience the world differently. I know I know there are there are ways that people do that with goggles and and and, yeah. and, and they put but there's still all the deficits aren't they all those things how yeah. could you do that I honestly don't know the answer to this but how could you do that focusing mm. as Natasha said and not overplaying not over dramatizing yes. but just on some of the strengths um that the things not what we're teaching older people by the way what they're already doing <laughs> yeah, what they're already yeah. doing that we're not noticing because we've got yeah. one lens on for what good looks like. What are they already doing? I mean, when you think there's so many older citizens in aged care right now and there's so much injustice in it, isn't it worthwhile learning how they na- navigate that emotionally, how they resist it subtly, <laughs> just mm. in their interactions and do they – do they talk together about it and say, oh, that stupid girl called me darling again? You know, I'd love to know how they're already coping with all of this myself. Anyway, I think that would be like, I, I thought I would love to see that sort of research, I think. Maybe we could get that happening. Yeah. Wow. So that I was really, this this talk covered so many things. It, it just, you know, she talked yeah, about she her migrant culture, as I think she said, Filipino, and she talked about collective collectivist culture mm-hmm. and usually having a higher generational mix and then a, a certain regard for elders or their older mm. older members of their their clan their tribe their society yeah. um I, I do yeah I do think we we what how do we how do we take it back how do we get back there yeah I, we don't want to go back there Maureen no. It all sounds lovely and fairy tale-esque, I'm going to say this, <laughs> but when you're talking about intergenerational living and this particular culture looks after their elders, what you're really saying is that the women do that and they don't work. That's what you're really oh. saying. So you're talking, yeah, do you think- 
Oh, 100%. In most cultures. As, yeah, and, and I think mm. Ash was right in his question around, and Natasha was, to- was totally onto that too in terms of where societies are in terms of their development, um, even technologically and, you know, um, that, that those things fall away as we now see happening in China where we've um, mm. this has got the fastest growing aged care, um, amazing aged care, you know, multi-storey entire universes where um, mm. it's not a, not just a result of the one-child policy. It's it's a whole range of things, but um, we're seeing and, and cultures will have to grapple with that as as maybe both parties have to work. But ultimately, when you're talking about this intergenerational living and people looking after their own in the same household, you're talking about women not working and, and looking after that. And that's, I'm not even casting an opinion. My opinion is on that, you know, um, is my own, but, but that is, it's, mm. I think it's important to, to, to say that's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, I'm going to finish on something that I wanted to share with you because I was just thinking about, you know, how we look at, so coming back to talking about someone living with dementia and not having anything to offer society anymore. Mm. At one of my services, uh, just a, a few, uh, just a year ago, I was talking to an elder who um, had a counselling background with um, just in the justice system. Yeah. And I, she looked at me and she said, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not okay, actually. And she said, do you want to sit? And I said, sure. And she sat and and I talked a little bit. And, you know, it was about, you know, my relationship at, at points, as we all do. Yeah. We have troubles in our marriage, in our partnerships. Yeah. You know, it's just not sitting right. And she looked at me and she said, you know, sometimes we set really high standards for ourselves and then we expect others to meet them. And I think sometimes we expect too much. And... I was floored. I was floored by that because she'd pegged it. Right. A person with mild cognitive decline sitting in aged care service stopped and made me think about my love and my relationship at home. And we forget, (laughs) we forget about the lived experience and you can call it wisdom, you can call it whatever you want, but that, sat with me and I, I, I leant forward and hugged her and said thank you because I really needed to hear that today. That's fantastic. Isn't that cool? Yeah, anyway. and you could ask her that because you knew her and you had a, a bit of a relationship. She initiated it because she could see there was oh something. Oh, my God. She knew something was wrong. She looked at me. She knew the sparkle wasn't there. Oh, wow. She knew. That's because fantastic. she's operating on intuitive thinking yeah. and she's using intuition and when she got and she sat down and she was feeling relaxed and safe, she was able to really put it together yeah, and yeah. people still can and we underestimate that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that work flies straight in the face of when, you know, you say leave your troubles at the front door, big happy face, big smiley face, come into work all smiley. I've always <laughs> found that creepy because yeah. people only have something to contribute when you've got enough guts to say, yeah, I'm struggling today. Yeah. And that's exactly where older people can and anybody really can feel like they can contribute. So that's a, such a gorgeous story. Thank you for sharing that. It's really, Most really great. Well, I'm going to go off into the world. Can you, oh, whilst you're there, yeah. um, can you see your desk? Under the desk is a red button to turn the rain off. Would you mind just 
turning it <laughs> off for a couple of days. Thank you. <sighs> Moz, thank yeah. you for today. Who cares about all of this? I reckon we all do. Yeah, Natasha does. You do. Yep. And um, Spot I on. do. And the people listening too. Thanks to them for listening because we do care and it's all complex. So, Maury, have a fantastic week and I so look forward to seeing you next week. Speak soon. Speak soon.